0: You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by the Complete Concussion Management Clinical Network. Are you suffering from a concussion? Concussion symptoms that just aren't getting better? Maybe you're in the wrong place maybe you're seeing the wrong healthcare professional. Visit completeconcussions.com slash find dash a dash clinic to find all of the local professionally trained concussion clinicians in your area. Each of our partnered clinics have gone through extensive training on concussion assessment, diagnosis, treatment, and rehabilitation, and will be able to quickly determine the root cause of your symptoms and work with you to develop a plan to get rid of them. If you don't know what's driving your symptoms, you can't ever hope to relieve them. Completeconcussions.com slash find a clinic. They have a ninety-eight percent patient satisfaction rating, and the net promoter score, as judged by real patients, is higher than Amazon, Netflix, and Apple. Completeconcussions.com slash find a clinic. You won't regret it. Hello everyone, welcome to Ask Concussion Dog episode number 72. In this episode, we are going to be discussing chiropractic care for concussion. A, is it effective? And B, is it safe? Uh, First off, I have an announcement. Last week, we launched a workshop series. Uh, We had a number of people take part in that. Probably a few hundred healthcare professionals took part in that last week. We've opened up a few more time slots uh, this week. Um, And so there's a link that we are attempting to post onto this right now so you can click on that link and go and register for a time slot uh i'm running a few of these for the next few days um and potentially longer we're not sure Um, so this particular workshop is meant for rehabilitation professionals and it's geared specifically towards um pts ots ats and dcs chiropractors um, and it's geared towards rehabilitation of patients with persistent concussion symptoms uh... and in that workshop we go through a series of of an algorithm that that i've put together in this space over eight years or so of research uh... and it's an evidence-based algorithm designed to provide the rehab professional with a little bit of a decision tree in terms of where to take your patients and things to test for in order to arrive at an accurate diagnosis of what's driving their persistent concussion symptoms Um, so make sure you go sign up for that Uh, i posted a link in my stories um, my concussion doc stories if you're listening to this via YouTube or on the podcast. There should be a link in the show notes for you uh, to click on. The treatment for concussion is rehabilitation. The problem is many rehab professionals haven't really learned much about concussion because it's not really covered in a lot of our educational curriculums. And so um, this is a way to provide you guys with a little bit more education so you can understand the nuance of how this goes. Right. As I said, the treatment for persistent concussion symptoms in a lot of ways is rehabilitation and it's important that our rehab professionals uh, have a good understanding of that because there's a lot of patients out there right now that are looking for care and can't find it. We wake up every day to all sorts of direct messages and emails from people that are in areas where we don't have uh, clinics and they're looking for help. And so this is a way for us to try and provide a little bit more training to uh, healthcare professionals in this space so that we can help more people. So, uh, okay, so getting into the topic for today, this is obviously a very timely topic given what's been going on in the media. Uh, yesterday I saw this story and then also today uh, with respect to uh, a patient that it was, was um getting chiropractic treatment in the UK. Uh, It's unclear if this was a couple years ago. There's an inquest going on right now. It was a couple years ago, and this patient died uh, as a result of a neck fracture that has been attributed to chiropractic uh, treatment. Now, it's not clear whether the patient already had a neck fracture and came in for treatment and the treatment made that worse or if the treatment itself caused the neck fracture. Uh, However, I'm going to talk a little bit about this case and uh, some of the safety things around um, chiropractic. So first, let's talk about terminology. Okay, so I had a lot, and the reason why I'm covering this, I had a lot of patients Um, DM me asking if chiropractic treatment was safe for concussions and if it was effective for concussions. Maybe people thinking about going to see a chiropractor for their care and not really sure about it. So chiropractic is a profession, not a treatment. So that's kind of a bit of just a terminology thing there. Uh, Just like physician is not a treatment, physician is a profession that can provide a multitude of treatments. A chiropractor is a professional who can provide a multitude of treatments. So saying, is chiropractic safe is similar to asking, is physician safe, right? It really depends on what type of treatment that particular physician is doing, uh, and that'll determine whether or not it's a safe procedure or not. Um, Chiropractic simply means done by hand so when it was first uh, kind of developed it was a lot of manual techniques um, and over the years it has gradually shifted from manual techniques into a lot of chiropractors now also do a lot of rehabilitation as part of their practices which makes it look very similar to PT. At the same time, over the years, PT has gradually shifted from rehabilitation into into also providing a lot of manual rehabilitation techniques as well. So we have this crossover starting to happen and people will often ask, what's the difference between chiro and PT? And the answer for the good ones in either profession is not much. Uh, a good chiropractor will provide Uh, some manual stuff, maybe some acupuncture, some active release treatments, maybe some manipulation as well as some rehabilitation, maybe some dietary advice or things like that, Uh, overall healthcare um, kind of thing. Physio or PT will do a lot of the same thing. So the good ones, there's very little difference between them and oftentimes my patients will be seeing me and they'll actually, someone will call them and they'll say, sorry, I'm just at the physio office. So a lot of times my patients actually think that I am uh, a physio. So there isn't really much difference now between the two professions at kind of that top level. So the people that are really good in each profession will have, uh, you know, be very difficult to tell them uh, to tell them apart. Um, So let's talk about why a chiropractor may be helpful for the treatment uh, or management of concussion. In the acute stages. Chiropractors are often closest to the athletes. A lot of chiropractors work very closely with various teams and most of their practices are built on an athletic population. So oftentimes, I'm the first person that any of my athletes or patients will see following an injury. They're seeing me for various ailments, tune-ups, things like that, keeping their body in in tip-top shape for competition. So when an injury happens, I'm often the first one to know about it. Um, And I am a chiropractor for those that don't know. Um, So naturally, just based on where chiropractors are and where we operate, oftentimes we are the most accessible professional. And this also goes for PTs, ATs, people that work on the front lines in the sports world, often we're the first to get injuries. Um, So if you do have a chiropractor that you frequently see for injuries, they may be able to help you with concussion. But the caveat here is that they need to have more advanced concussion training. Concussion isn't something that's covered in any healthcare discipline on the curriculum. Uh, Studies were done recently in Canada finding that the majority of Canadian medical schools didn't have concussion on the curriculum at all. And those that did, uh, originally they found there was less than half an hour covered in the four years of school. Uh, Chiropractic curriculum in Canada was found to have 14 hours of concussion education throughout the chiropractic career um, in the educational system so uh, that is a little bit more but it's still not enough to be really proficient in the area of concussion so look for chiropractor if you want to go to a chiropractor find one that has specific training with respect to um, concussion And this goes for all rehab professionals as well, all healthcare professionals as well. Concussion is not something that just because you're a doctor you know about, or just because you're a PT you know about. It's something that you need additional training on, so make sure you're looking for that. Next, the evidence surrounding concussion is finding that the treatments are rehabilitation. The best treatments for people that have persistent concussion symptoms are subsymptom threshold exercise, visual vestibular rehabilitation, treatment of the neck, both manual and rehabilitation, education and reassurance, psychological interventions like cognitive behavioral therapy and others. Um, And now, kind of a newer one is is hormone replacements, looking at hormone deficiencies. So out of that list of six or seven of the best, most evidence-based treatment options that there are, PT, Cairo, AT, OT falls into, you know, five of the seven. Um, And so we're very well positioned to be able to kind of be frontline providers in this space. But again, it comes down to somebody that has education and knows how to take those skill sets and put them all together with respect to concussion specifically, because concussion is a bit of a unique beast. Um, So well positioned. Furthermore, the evidence on this, so that's for people with persistent symptoms, the evidence on this is showing that people uh, benefit the most from rehab if it's initiated in the first 10 to 14 days. So if you're still having symptoms and it's been 10 to 14 days, early rehab is actually the best way to get over that. So seeing somebody who knows what they're doing that also has a rehab skill set and has special training and concussion actually optimally positions you to have a better recovery. And we're doing a study right now with McMaster University, and uh, the study's been done. It's written. I've seen it. It just it's uh, it hasn't been uh, submitted for publication yet. So hopefully that'll be out in the next you know six months to a year because that's how long these things take. But we ran a study looking at, at at our data from complete concussion management clinics, and we looked at all of the variables in terms of recovery duration. So we looked at everything from sex to symptom scales to to previous mental health history and all these different things, mechanism of injury, and we tried to see how well each of those variables could predict recovery time for a particular patient. And what we found was the number one predictor above all else was how quickly the patient was in to see a trained CCMI clinician. So above everything else, the number one thing is how fast can you get in to see someone who's trained in this? And not only that, most of the people that we have in our clinics are rehab professionals. So you get in to see somebody quickly that knows what they're talking about, they're gonna give you the right advice and be able to kind of guide you through those first few days. And if things aren't going well, they're gonna easily step in and start providing you with the rehab that's actually designed to make things better. So that's why, in particular with our clinics, it, the, the number one thing that makes you uh, have a better outcome is, um, according to the data, uh, the, the sooner you get in to see one of us. Okay? So... Most patients are thinking, you know, well, I got a concussion, I should go be seeing my doctor. And in some cases, that is obviously correct. In some other cases, though, when you're having persistent symptoms and these things have been ruled out, oftentimes people are still going from neurologist to neurologist and not getting the answers they want because the answers actually lie more on the rehab front. So just kind of keep that in mind. So I've already talked about rehab and early onset and initiation of rehab, but let's talk about more specifically issues with the neck. Because I think when people ask me the question is chiropractic effective or safe for concussions, I think what they're specifically asking about is treatment of the neck. So why is the neck involved? Well, when you think about from a biomechanics perspective when an injury occurs – Concussion happens between 60 and 120 G's of acceleration. So if you talk linear acceleration, G's is gravity. So 9.8 meters per second squared, right? Everyone's sitting right here. I'm going under undergoing 1 G right now. If you get hit with 30 G's, which is about 70% of all the impacts that happen in football, you still haven't hit concussion threshold. It's less than 1% of the impacts that happen in football that cause concussion injuries. Concussion happens at 70 to 120 G's. Now I've said this before, so to put this in perspective, if you're in a car accident where your airbags go off, your airbags are set to deploy at a change of velocity of 50 kilometers an hour or 30 miles per hour if you're in the US. So that's where your airbags are gonna go off. So if you're driving down the street at 30 miles an hour and you ram a telephone pole, your airbags will deploy. That translates into 60 G's through the seatbelt. So you're talking about a tremendous amount of force needed to cause concussion injury, 70 to 120 G's across most studies. Whiplash or strain injury of the neck only requires four and a half G's. So if you're going to take 70 to 120 G's to your head, you're taking at least four and a half G's to your neck. So there's always going to be some level of neck injury or whiplash every time you have a concussion injury so the two injuries are happening together every time you get a concussion you're getting a whiplash but not every whiplash causes concussion because whiplash can happen at a lower threshold than concussion so you may get a whiplash without the concussion but you can never get the concussion without the whiplash hopefully that sinks in and actually, there was a study done by Laurie Ann Hines in 2006 looking at hockey players in Canada, and they found that every single player that had a mechanism of injury that looked like a whiplash, meaning they were hit in the body and their heads whipped back and forth, or they were hit directly in the head and had a concussion-like mechanism, they found that 100% of the groups demonstrated uh, signs and symptoms of both conditions. So these injuries are happening together. And the difficult thing is the symptoms of each of these conditions are the exact same concussion and whiplash are literally identical in their symptom presentation whiplash injury can present with neck pain headaches dizziness visual disturbances balance impairments cognitive disturbances and i'm thinking cognitive disturbances in somebody with a neck injury yes so In my research thesis, when I did my sports medicine fellowship, uh, I did it, partnered with the University of Buffalo, and we looked at patients that were coming in with chronic concussion symptoms, so between one month and one year after injury, and then we compared them to people coming in with chronic whiplash, one month to one year after injury, and we gave them symptom scales to fill out for both concussion and whiplash, and we could not tell the difference between the two groups. Concussion and whiplash had the exact same symptom profile, They all had headaches, dizziness, nauseousness, fogginess, uh, blurred vision, concentration difficulties, etc. You name it, the symptoms were literally identical. So every concussion is going to have an element of whiplash or neck injury. And if you're not looking at that neck injury, your symptoms could potentially last for longer and longer. Um, A lot of headaches come from your neck and a lot of dizziness sensation comes from your neck. Your neck tells you a lot about where you are in space. You have little sensors in your muscles and in the joints of your neck that tell you where you are in space. This communicates through various brain pathways with your eyes, as well as your vestibular system, your your semicircular canals inside your ears to tell you where you are in space. Now, if my eyes are telling me that everything is level and my ears are telling me that everything's level, but I have some, te- I have some tension in my neck, it's telling my brain that my head is tilted like this. Well, that's not actually true. So now all of a sudden I feel off balance, right? And if you ask any patient with post-concussion dizziness, a lot of times they don't feel dizzy where the room is spinning, they just feel off. Visually, they kind of feel like they're on a boat, things are kind of moving and waving. Oftentimes, this is what's called cervicogenic dizziness, meaning dizziness coming from the neck. A lot of headaches are also coming from the neck because your neck and your head come from the same area in development. And so people that have referred pain, or have pain and tightness in certain muscles and joints in their neck, if that pain gets really, really bad, it can feel like it's in your head, but it's not actually in your head. This is what's called referred pain. The most common example that people know is of referred pain is a heart attack. So when people are having a heart attack, you may feel chest pain, but you may also feel pain down the left arm, pain into the jaw, pain in the back, okay? This is because your brain is not really good at picking up where this type of pain is coming from. So it's just going, something over here is really bad. And so you may feel the pain in other areas, not necessarily directly where the pain's coming from. This is what's called referred pain. So pain back here in your suboccipitals, you may not even feel it back here. You're feeling it right here because these muscles actually refer pain to the forehead. To make my case a little bit more, the brain itself, brain tissue, does not have pain sensors within it. So the the brain itself cannot feel pain in itself. So a lot of times when patients have headaches, they're thinking, oh my God, it's my brain but your brain can't feel pain in itself. It doesn't have pain sensors within it. So a lot of times people that have ongoing chronic headaches following concussion are actually neck related headaches but nobody's treated it. They get misdiagnosed as having migraines, they're put on all sorts of different medications, but really what it is is a neck issue that no one's properly addressed. So how do we address neck issues. Well, the evidence on this shows that treatment for both cervicogenic dizziness and cervicogenic headaches is very effective with techniques like acupuncture, uh, manual therapy like active release type stuff, soft tissue work, uh, manipulation of the joints of the neck, uh, and also rehabilitation exercises. And oftentimes when done in combination, it's the most effective. So we know that the neck is injured with concussion, we know that the symptoms of neck injury are the same, and we know that the treatment of the neck is helpful in alleviating the very symptoms that go into this. I actually wrote a case series and published it in the Physician and Sports Medicine in 2015, I think, um, and we just treated people's necks. People coming in with chronic persistent concussion symptoms, we ran them through all the other checks and balances to make sure the symptoms were not coming from somewhere else, and then we treated their necks. And literally within three to five sessions, In every single patient they had a complete resolution of all symptoms and were discharged so oftentimes these patients have symptoms ongoing for a year or more and really all it is is a very fixable and treatable neck issue now let's get into manipulation because that's the big concern with chiropractic is manipulation of the neck manipulation or adjustments are the cracking sound that people kind of synonymize with chiropractic right getting your neck cracked Now, your neck isn't actually cracking. What that sound is, is just the release of air and gases that are trapped within your joints. Similar to if I'm gonna crack my knuckles, right? I'm not cracking anything, I'm not breaking anything. I know people are gonna hate that listening to that, but I'm doing it right over the mic. Um, it's, It's not cracking, it's gases that get trapped in joints. So when you breathe in, you're taking in oxygen and some other gases, and it goes through into your lungs and your lungs pick it up, the blood coming through the lungs, pick up the oxygen and deliver that oxygen and other nutrients to the tissues of your body, right? It'll deliver to your skin and your muscles and all these different tissues to your brain. Inside your joints though, you don't have blood pumping into the joints. So how do they get oxygen? And how do they get rid of waste products? They get it by movement. So there's a fluid that gets made by joints called synovial fluid. And that fluid is what has your oxygen and your nutrients for the joint. And it also, when you step down, right, if you're ever sitting for a while and you stand up and your knees are stiff, it's because you have all this old fluid sitting in there. All this old, gunky, built up fluid, because the fluid gets recycled through movement. So if your knees aren't moving for a while, and especially as we get older, and you stand up you're stiff but once you get moving a little bit things kinda you know work it work itself out because the movement is what recycles the fluid you get oxygen moving around nutrients moving around you're also pumping out the waste products as you move Now, the joints of your spine are the exact same so some of those joints if there's an injury they may get stuck or jammed right you get a concussion injury, your neck whips back and forth, you jam up what's called a facet joint, which is in the neck. And then the muscles tighten up around that joint because that joint now is locked. So now all those gases and waste products start building up inside the joint and it creates inflammation, right? It's almost like you're cutting off the circulation to your hand. You're not getting good you know, movement there. So there's no recycling of that fluid. So this, these gases build up and build up and build up and build up and they can start to cause pain. And if that pain gets, very intense it'll start to feel like headaches right plus there's a lot of sensors in those joints it'll disrupt the sensors and maybe make you feel dizzy okay so if you're going and getting treatment from let's say a massage therapist and they're working on the muscles of your neck and you're getting relief and that feels good or even it feels bad if you leave and you're like oh my god i'm so dizzy after that that's a clear indication that the symptoms are likely coming from the tissues in your neck right because you can make them better but you can also kind of temporarily make them worse So oftentimes that's, even though it kind of sucks afterwards, sometimes that is actually a good sign, believe it or not. But if you're getting that and then it's coming back, it could be because the joint is the problem. So when you have a joint issue, the muscles will tighten up around that joint. If I go in there and work on the muscles, I may provide temporary relief. But because the joint is the issue, the muscles will then sense that that joint is still problematic and they'll tighten up again around that joint. So you may get a day or two of relief and then it starts to come back because the underlying issue actually is in the joint. So one of the the treatments for these joint issues is manipulation where it's it's moving the person in a certain way to let that gas out to make it pop. So that cracking sound you hear is just the release of gases. The concern around that maneuver, that cracking maneuver is from what's called a vertebral artery dissection. So the vertebral artery is an artery that passes up through the neck and it does some tur- twists and turns and it ends up going into and supplies the brainstem with blood. So the thought is that if I were to violently turn your head very quickly, I could create a little tear in that artery. And if I create a little tear in that artery, the blood coming up can kind of get in behind that tear and eventually close that artery off and now you're not getting blood flow to the brainstem, and it causes a stroke. Okay, so that's the fear behind the chiropractic manipulation. So I'm gonna go into now, is that fear actually um, you know, legitimate? So the vertebral artery can happen with trauma. Vertebral artery dissection can happen with trauma. So people that are involved in you know, uh, jamming their neck or diving off a diving board into a pool and hitting their neck or having some sort of really severe whiplash trauma, that artery can tear. It can also tear spontaneously for no rhyme or reason whatsoever. It can tear when driving in your vehicle and shoulder checking. It can tear at the the, uh, salon, getting your hair washed in that sink. The most strain on that artery comes from extension and rotation. Most chiropractic manipulations actually happen in flexion and rotation, and that's to take the strain off the vertebral artery. So the way that we're trained to do this is to do it in a way that actually limits the strain on the vertebral artery to lower the risk of that happening. But these can happen spontaneously. Over the course of over 100 years of chiropractic being a profession and treating many millions of of necks, there's been 26 reported uh, cases in the medical literature of death following chiropractic manipulation due to vertebral artery dissection. 26 cases over over 100 years of, of practice. So it's extremely, extremely rare occurrence to happen. And some of the cases, if you actually read the cases, it's chiropractic manipulation and then 14 days later, the person has a stroke and dies. I think that there's, You know, we're making a leap there if we're saying that you know the chiropractic adjustment they had two weeks ago was the actual cause of the stroke. But you never know. So even then, if we include that, we're talking twenty six cases over over one hundred years of chiropractic treatments. So there may be a risk, but it's extremely small. To put that in perspective, Tylenol, over four hundred and fifty people die from Tylenol in the United States every single year. The chance of having any type of adverse reaction following chiropractic manipulation is less than being struck by lightning. And that's any adverse reaction. The chance of having a severe or catastrophic adverse reaction is less than being struck by lightning twice in your life. So the chances of this are extremely low, right? But because of when it does happen, like this one case that has happened in the UK now, which came from a fracture, which either she didn't assess this person properly and they had a neck injury or that she didn't realize and she did it anyway, which is her bad. She should have been able to detect that. And I you know, I would hope that any chiropractor out there would be able to detect that. Um, but also, this person was 85, and I would be questioning bone density and all sorts of things. I would never do this type of treatment on somebody who's 85 years old, right? So, there's a certain patient population that you would do this on that's very low risk, right? 85 year old, very high, that just had trauma, that's very high risk. I, there's no way I'm doing anything on that person. Um, Then you look at somebody who's like, you know, 45-year-old male with no history of of trauma or at least it was a while ago and having ongoing headaches and stuff. That person is likely a pretty good candidate for manipulation and is likely extremely safe uh, to undergo that treatment. To put this, to give you another stat, more than a quarter million people die every single year in the United States from medical mistakes. From actual, like, iatrogenic medical mistakes kill a quarter million people every single year. Right, like I said again, 26 people over the entire 100 and something year history of chiropractic have died, and that's been attributed to um, manipulation. So the risk is extremely, extremely low. So I'll just say that. Let's talk about artery dissection, the actual thing that they're uh, concerned about. Um, the initial symptoms when this happens to you are headaches and uh, neck pain. So. Uh, this author by the name of David Cassidy, researcher, um, I believe he's in Saskatchewan, did a study in 2008, and they were looking at Ontario medical data, so in the province of Ontario, looking at patients coming in with vertebral artery dissections, and they studied it over 10 years. And so in the 10-year study period, there was 818 vertebral artery dissections, and they wanted to see were people more likely to die, or were more people more likely to have a vertebral artery dissection if they had been to a chiropractor? or if they had gone to see their family physician prior to the event actually happening. So the the theory or the mentality or the, the idea, the hypothesis was that if you have neck pain and headache and you're a chiropractic patient, you're gonna go to your chiropractor. If you have neck pain and headache and you're not a chiropractic patient, you're gonna go to your physician. So is the chiropractic treatment causing the stroke or is the stroke already underway before you actually come in for treatment and then the treatment happens and then the stroke fully manifests itself afterwards and so the treatment gets blamed but ultimately the, the 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 initial pain that you were experiencing was already a stroke in progress so that's the question so what they looked at was were you more likely to have seen a chiropractor before your treatment or more likely to have seen a primary care physician and they found that the incidence was the exact same There was no increased risk of having a vertebral artery dissection caused by chiropractor than caused by physician. So there's thinking now, so the the idea or the conclusion of this particular huge study was that it's not the adjustment that's causing the vertebral artery dissection, it's likely one that's already underway that was just, just, it was gonna happen regardless of where they went or who they saw. So we have to keep all these things in perspective. So to summarize, chiropractic is a profession not a treatment chiropractors can be good for acute management uh, and also the treatment of persistent symptoms but you need a chiropractor that has specific training in concussion i can only vote for ccmi because they've gone through our training so preferably a chiropractor with ccmi training that's where you want to go manipulation of the neck is extremely safe it seems scary for those that watch steven seagal movies where necks are being broken and you would never do it on somebody who's older, they may have low bone density, or somebody that's had recent trauma and is having a lot of acute neck pain, you'd wanna make sure they don't have a neck fracture to begin with. The chance of breaking somebody's neck is so astronomically low, it's even lower than the vertebral artery dissection issue. Uh, you're more likely to be injured on your way to the chiropractor than actually at the chiropractic office, and you're just as likely to have a stroke after seeing your doctor as you are after seeing your chiropractor. So. The jury is still out on whether or not it's a causation issue. Um, Manipulation is not for everybody, so chiropractors need to be better at choosing the right patients. But like I said, the risk is extremely, extremely low. I think in the case that's happened in the UK, uh, I think a mistake was made. There had to have been some sort of oversight, uh, the wrong treatment, wrong patient. Um, but nonetheless, a very obviously unfortunate event that. Reflects poorly on the entire chiropractic profession because people start asking questions as to whether or not this is actually safe. But the fact of the matter is, it's safer than Tylenol and many over the counter drugs. Um, so it is a very safe, effective treatment. Where can you find CCMI? Cairo, I've only seen people. So about 30%. So that, sorry, I'll just repeat that question. Where can you find um, CCMI-trained chiro? Um, We don't necessarily list what the professional designation is of the of the professionals because, like I said, we're becoming very similar to each other, um, and so we don't necessarily list uh, who's who. But about 30% of our clinicians that have been trained through CCMI are chiropractors. About 70 or so percent. Uh, are let's say just less than 70% are PTs and uh, then the rest are usually physicians, OTs, things like that. So um, there's a good chunk of our people that are chiros but uh, not, not all. Tough to, f- tough to find necessarily because we don't necessarily list that on our website. Uh, if you want to send me a message uh, and tell me where you're located, I can take a look at the clinics in your area and let you know um, who's, who's a chiropractor uh, if you're looking for that specifically. Any questions on. Well, there was. It was about someone wanting to know if they should see a neurologist if they've had (laughs) symptoms after two years from minor bumps. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, It it depends. Yeah, and any good treatment centers in Chicago so we can talk about finding a clinic? Uh, I don't think we have anyone in Chicago, but I think we're in talks with a few people in Chicago right now. (sighs) <sighs> Sorry, I mean I don't know. That's the thing. We get messages and like DMs all the time for people looking for care in their area, but we can't recommend anyone unless we've specifically trained them. Like I people might say they treat concussions, but I have no idea you know what they know or what their practices are and I think that it's becoming one of those things where people are hanging out a shingle and saying they do when they really don't have any type of advanced you know training in it. So it's hard for me to say, I can only vouch for CCMI. If you have a really good clinic in mind that you'd like to get trained and certified, just send them our way. Uh, we're running a workshop right now for people to learn a little bit more um, and then there's opportunities beyond that to uh, to have, have more training even beyond that. But um, we get like 15, 20 messages a day from people looking for clinics in their area um, because they've seen us and they want to come to one of ours. But um, you know we're trying we're trying to grow, so uh, <laughs> let us know. We'll try to put clinics in your area. Someone's asking about exercises that are available because they've seen their chiropractor and it's helped with neck pain, but it's been a year and they're still going for tune-ups. So just. I would just ask them about training. Yeah, I would ask I would ask your chiropractor about doing some rehab because what I find what I usually try to do in my method of of treatment is usually I want to get things moving properly because usually if things aren't moving properly what happens is somebody uh, somebody who's not moving well will um, they will alter how they move. So they're not going to move in the right way. So usually what I'll do is I'll work kind of manual stuff to get things moving in a way that is good so they have a proper moving pattern and then I'll start them strengthening. So I generally won't give them exercise right away to start strengthening, but I'll give them some, um, I'll treat them, get things moving. And then once they're good, I'm like, okay, here, you're perfect. Let's start rehabbing now and keep the strength there. Because if you start strengthening too early, you're actually just kind of reinforcing a terrible movement pattern. So I'd rather get things moving properly first. But ask your chiropractor, say, look, I I want some exercises to be able to keep things you know where they are and if they can't provide that to you um, you know maybe then it's you're in the wrong spot they should be able to easily give you some exercises to be able to kind of keep you um, going All right, thanks everyone for joining uh, if you have any questions you'd like answered on our show please feel free to send us a message you can send it to info at com. you can also Find us on Instagram uh, at Complete Concussions, or you can send it right through to at concussion underscore doc on Instagram. That's usually where we play. All right, guys. See you later. Have a good week. Sign up for the workshop. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Just one more thing before you go. This episode is brought to you by the Complete Concussion Management Clinical Network. Are you suffering from concussion symptoms that just aren't getting better? Maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're seeing the wrong healthcare professional. Visit completeconcussion.com/find-a-clinic to find all the local, professionally trained concussion rehab individuals in your area. Each of our partnered clinics have gone through extensive training on concussion assessment, management, diagnosis, treatment, and rehabilitation. Uh, they're going to work with you to try and find the root cause of your symptoms and then develop a treatment plan and approach to help get rid of them. If you don't know what's driving the symptoms, you can't ever help or hope to fix them. CompleteConcussions.com slash findaclinic, they have a 98% patient satisfaction rating and have a higher net promoter score than Amazon, Apple, and Netflix. CompleteConcussions.com slash findaclinic, you will not regret it. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.